Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hello, Matt. It's another No Meat Athlete Radio episode. What's up, Doug? It's been a while since I've talked to you six times this week <laughs> for half an hour or 30 minutes, whatever. We, uh, yeah, we were talking a lot. We're hanging out more than we have ever, yeah. maybe. Quite we are. Our chemistry might be at an all-time high. <laughs> That's right. All right. Our on, on stage, on screen, I don't know, on mic chemistry. Our on mic chemistry, on, on camera chemistry, too. That's right. Yeah. We have some of that. Because, of course, what are we talking about? What are we talking about right today? The big news today is that we have launched the podcast feed of our plant-based morning show, which is the show we've been doing for pretty close to the past... 30 weekdays. I have not exactly counted. We haven't recorded them all. Or we didn't at the beginning. We took a little week off of recording, but kept doing them. But then we started consistently recording once we fixed the time uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern each each weekday uh, on Instagram Live. So they've, they've been recorded. If Instagram Live is not your thing, or if you just want to listen to it at a different time, honestly, than 11 a.m. Eastern, which isn't going to be good for everybody, uh, you can now listen to it just like you listen to this podcast in a feed. Uh, right now, it's already on iTunes or I guess it's called Apple Podcasts now, and Spotify. Just go to those platforms, look up the Plant-Based Morning Show or Plant-Based Morning Show, uh, and you will find us, and you can subscribe there and get daily content. And I would I would describe the content as, I mean, if you haven't happened to have heard one yet, it's it's sort of like the introductions to Nomad Athlete Radios, except it's based on headlines. So it's us kind of not ever getting too serious, but we do have a little a few little debates about topics. Yeah, yeah, we get into it a little bit. There's some... <laughs> Some punches thrown, you know. <laughs> I would say it's a little more structured than uh, than our, our just our intros, but yeah. um, lighthearted, uh, back and forth. A lot of a lot of uh, plant based meat news, a lot of uh, funny headlines around around uh, just anything vegan diet. You know, some sports stuff in there for sure, and fitness news yeah. as well. You know, I I actually didn't expect it to provide any real value or education to people. And honestly, I don't. I mean, it does, but it's not like this podcast where we kind of go deep into topics and you know say what we know about it and everything. Uh, it was more just designed to be like hanging out with friends. Like that's really what I wanted because I love when I find shows, or especially radio shows, honestly, in the old days. But uh, podcasts too, where you just put it on and it feels like you are with literally with your friends. And kind of in today's world where that doesn't happen all that much for various reasons now. Uh, I don't know. I, I just really miss that, and I think when you I think when you find a show that is the right fit for you, it's always really good. So who knows if this one will be that for you listening, but I hope it might. Uh, but anyway, my point is, like, I actually feel like I am so much more aware now of the plant-based happenings in the world, and, like, we're even sort of accurately, accidentally forecasting things that happen the next week. <laughs> we keep having the weird coincidences where we say something, and then the next day there's news about that exact thing. Uh, so anyway, and, and one of our listeners today actually told us that she – uh, has tried now like several of these new vegan meats that I, I don't know if she didn't know existed or hadn't really thought about, but uh, I don't know. And and that's you can say that's a good thing or a bad thing trying more vegan meats. But the point is, I think it just it just has made me kind of more in touch in this plant based world. Have, doing this for a job that's important. I don't know if, if to the listener that is that important, but it's fun. And if it's a hobby of yours, then uh, you should check it out. Absolutely. Yeah, so you check it out on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell Alexa, your Amazon Echo or whatever whatever it's called nowadays, uh, to play play the plant-based morning show podcast. And that, that works. It even reads you the, the dumb titles that I 
write for the episodes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got to make this plug because you just got to do it. If you, uh, right now, when it's when we're launching, this is a critical time to get, uh, to rank well in the charts and do all that stuff. So if you like it, leave us a review and subscribe and, uh, and that will help us out. Same you, with this podcast. And if you don't like it, if your fear is that Nomad Athlete Radio will go away because Plant-Based Morning Show has been launched and is taking all the attention, then you could go there and like bomb it with one-star reviews and try to get it, try to kill it from the beginning so it never has a chance of succeeding. <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> but let's not, maybe. No, don't do that. Uh, and this podcast is not going away. I, we've had people ask us that before. I hope people can tell the content is still coming out on more or less a weekly basis. Um, it We're in this weird transitional period. There's no doubt about that. We're trying to figure out you know, now that we have this new thing that is daily and a different topic really than Nomad Athlete Radio is, um, I don't know. Like, what does that say about, like, how, how can Nomad Athlete be very different from that so that they do feel like two separate podcasts? Because that's what we want them to do. We don't want them to overlap and both feel like just the Matt and Doug show. Uh, so we're trying to figure out what, what we are doing and obviously putting a lot of energy into the new one. But, you know, no plans to get rid of Nomad Athlete Radio by any means. Uh, so, you know, hang tight. We're putting up a few recordings from the other one so you can see what that's like. But, uh, you know, I, I suspect a return to, to normalcy fairly soon. That's right. All right, good. Well, uh, anything else, Doug, other than reminding the nice people to go check that out, please, and, and support us if you've enjoyed this show, uh, we would appreciate it. I got one little thing. We'll okay. keep it short. What do you got? All right, so we've talked a lot about how, uh, you know, kind of like doing some movements, incorporating movements into your everyday you know, routine. I talk. I've. Uh, there have been times when I like, right before a call, I do twenty push-ups. Or if I'm on a call that I don't have to contribute too much, I'll, uh, you know, swing a couple kettlebells or something like that. Yep. Uh, I have a new thing. Oh, good. Okay. What is it? And uh, it's only because it is in the room with me right now, because uh, I played golf a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I have been. I have been swinging the golf club. Wow. Throughout calls, I returned to ball golf. I re- returned to ball golf. I yes, in the disc, and it just it feels really good. Like that movement, you know, it just kind of like stretches the back out and your shoulders out and your arms. I don't know, just like it. Like the, it's not. A, it's not. I, I will say it's not nearly as good as doing push-ups or or kettlebell swings. But it just uh, it feels like really good movement. That's kind of waking me up a little bit. If so, you know, I guess uh, I guess really the point is if you want to move or do something, have that stuff by around because then you see it and you just do it that is a good point uh i believe doug if i'm not mistaken hank haney who used to be tiger woods coach okay he thinks one of the best things the you know every day not not every day the at home weekend golfer whatever the the, you know recreational golfer can do to get better is swing the club 100 times per day just take Mm. 100 good actual swings i don't think you have to hit a ball it just go in the yard and swing your club. I think it strengthens the muscles. It just starts to groove things. It seems to me like you could very easily groove horrible habits with that uh, approach if you just had a terrible swing to begin with. Uh, the old sure. practice makes permanent adage. But uh, I don't know. So Google that before you do it. <laughs> Maybe there's more, uh, <laughs> more details. But I do think that's uh, that's one of the things. So you're taking full rips in your in your office? Yeah, with like a with like a nine iron. You know, I'm not like okay. getting the driver out. What but... about the floor though? Aren't you like? Ripping that up? And there's a little carpet there that, um, and it's over top of some like uh, laminate, like fake wood okay. stuff. So and it bounces like a real ground. Like your wrists aren't like absorbing some huge impact. Every no, time it's you do been it? honestly, it's been fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. I like it. 
Well, you know, Doug, if you're doing this for fitness, you should also be swinging the opposite way too, swing left hand, so you develop some symmetry in your body. Ooh. And don't get, uh, really, I mean, that, that's a real thing. I think that is a golfer's kind of plague is that uh, huh. people who golf too much develop this asymmetry because they they only do this one direction. I had not considered that. That's a great there tip. Yeah, get a left-handed nine iron, start wailing away. I have, I have Katie's left-handed. She has a couple clubs. I could use one of those. Oh, really? I didn't know she's left-handed. So am I. Yeah. We have that in common. It's lefties. Yep. Um, well, good, Doug. I have, uh, I've been in a fitness rut, honestly, since I took a trip to Florida. And honestly, the, as I said before, that the hot summer just killed me, and I never really like got it together to move the kettlebells inside and get out of my little home gym and into the cool guest room where I really could do it just fine. Uh, but it is cooling off now, and I'm starting to run again, and I'm just getting moving. But I hate that I had a little slump this summer, but uh, things are looking up. So I don't have any I don't have any great practical tip other than I've been like totally okay with just running for ten or twelve or fifteen minutes. I don't have to get three miles in. Uh, I just do it at practice. If I'm because if it's any more, I'm just not going to feel like doing it when I'm when I'm trying to get back in. So I've been fine with just a few minutes and uh, even walking. Sometimes I'm we've been talking a little bit on the morning show about the benefits of walking, and I'm even excited about uh, just just trying to move more. So things are things are good, and I am very excited for the cooler weather to to be here. Well, good. I like it. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're doing something. So, if you listening want to walk, you could go put on the plant based morning show every day. You get a whole 35 minutes mm-hmm. of, of uh, company with you know to, to listen to on your walk. Laugh. Like I said, not going to promise you get any smarter, but uh, it's it's at least fun. You know how are you feeling about the equinox? <laughs> are you you're one of those people who goes and has parties and things for equinox? Is that right? I uh, well, I actually skipped my my family went to an Equinox party yesterday. I skipped it um, because because I had uh, band practice. But but yeah, no, I mean I, don't, you know, it, I mean not that not that I I don't know I don't not that I feel passionately about the Equinox, but <laughs> but but you know it is it is uh, it is it symbolizes change and it feels already it feels like like you said the weather's getting cooler, days are getting shorter. Is the equinox on the 21st of September, or does it change every year because of the magnetic poles or whatever? I do not know the answer to that. Okay. I just, I grew up thinking that the 21st of each, you know, the important months, that was a change of season, which would be what? March, June, September, I think, uh, and December, that these were the changes of seasons and that that was the equinox. But I actually, I think sometimes I hear about them being on the 22nd or the 20th or whatever. I'm pretty sure yesterday was the equinox, so... Okay. That was the 22nd. Honestly, Doug, although I make fun of people who celebrate equinoxes, just that type of person, uh, <laughs> only because you you fit that mold to me perfectly, so I have license <laughs> to make fun of it. Uh, I actually like that. I think that makes more sense as a holiday than celebrating St. Patrick's Day or something. I mean, not I don't, who knows? I don't, I don't know good reasons for St. Patrick's Day. I'm sure there are plenty of really good reasons for it. Uh, but I just think that these things that are like timeless since the beginning of time, these changes and we can sure, mark them. Yeah. That, that's an important thing. And I think it's silly that we don't celebrate those and we do celebrate them. So things like the Hallmark holidays, which is not, not St. Patrick's Day. That's a real holiday. Uh, but you know, some of these other crazy ones. I, I get it. I get it. Okay. All right. Uh, then good. We've gone along enough, Doug. Let's, uh, let's get to our show. And yeah, uh, so this is a replay of one of the live shows again, to just kind episode. of wet your whistle here and get you to head over to the plant based morning show and, Check it yeah. out. And if you like that one, listen to the next one, because today's we talked a lot about uh, Tom Brady and fitness topics, a boxer who, who went from vegan to non-vegan and some interesting stuff. Yeah. All right, Matt. 
All right. And everyone else, I hope you have a great week and weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. I am live. Welcome to this Thursday, September 22nd edition of the Plant-Based Morning Show, presented, as always, by Compliment. Uh, Doug Hay will be joining us in just a few minutes. I am Matt Frazier. Um, good stuff today. We have a we have an interesting show. We've been talking a lot about plant-based meats. Uh, and last week, I think it was last week, we even did an episode that was sort of saying how much is too much um, with these with these, you know, for lack of a better word, these Franken foods uh, that we enjoy so much. Um, but we found an interesting article today, an opinion piece from the Washington Post that that uh, wonders if the hype in plant-based diets uh, is is missing the key ingredient, the plants. So we'll talk about that a bit, uh, as well as some some interesting. Other little tidbits. There he is. Doug, how's it going today? Going great. Excited that we're not talking about Franken foods as much today. So, uh, Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll still be talking about them, just in a different light. One that is a little more <laughs> <Yeah>. skeptical. <laughs> not, uh-huh. not quite as universally, just they're amazing. Uh, which they kind of are. <laughs> uh, first though, Doug, importantly, I need to know what you had for dinner last night. I had a delicious chana sag from my favorite cookbook, uh, Issa Does It. Oh, okay. This is... We nice. we eat this if not every week every other week or something. It's just so good and easy. It takes twenty minutes to make. It's just uh, it's just coconut milk and a bunch of spices and um, some tomato, uh, you know, diced tomatoes, crushed tomatoes, and 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 then chickpeas and put it, put it over greens, right? It's soft oh yeah, greens? spinach. Yeah. Yep, spinach or kale and. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just absolutely delicious and filling and wholesome and and wonderful. How about you? What did you have? Very nice. There? I also well, I didn't cook again. Erin's been been shouldering the load of the cooking this week. She she planned a bunch of meals from Issa Does It, which is your favorite book, uh, uh, one right. of your favorite books. I know, along with along with Oh She Glows and I don't know. Are there any others that you've cooked your way through? Uh, and I'm no, probably not. You know, the Nomad Athlete Cookbook, of course, of course. <laughs> Uh, anyway, though, we, we made a pad thai, and we did so from uh, using... Uh, so I, this weekend, uh, seasoned our cast iron skillet, because I was trying to make mm. a, uh, th- this pasta dish, which I once posted on Instagram a long time ago, where you like pour this, what looks like pancake batter, into a very hot cast iron skillet. Uh, it's called testaroli. It's like the world's oldest pasta, and it actually makes a very easy pasta with just pretty much just water and flour. Um, but okay. it stuck like stuck like crazy when I tried to do it this weekend. So I got very frustrated and upset. And the next day, Sunday, spent a lot of time seasoning the pan, so putting oil in it, wiping it out, putting it in the oven for an hour, etc., and just repeating. Um, but anyway, it did a great, amazing job on the tofu last night for this pad thai. Uh, ah, so okay. I I am now an advocate for seasoning your cast iron skillet. Something I've never really taken seriously before. I may have done it the first time we got one, but yeah, you know, it's been years and years. Uh, so if you have so, a cast right, iron skillet so, and you're not thrilled about it, do that. What's the, I guess that's the, that's the like elevator pitch of how to do it. You oil it, bake it, wipe it, oil it, bake it. Yeah. And if you're just like you... mine was though, you probably need to clean off a bunch of grime on it. Like it's not grime, mm-hmm. but it's just like accumulated stuff. Like when too much oil has been in it and sat in it or cooked in it. And it ha- has a sort of lumpy appearance on the bottom instead of this smooth, slick surface. Uh, and a yeah. really good cast iron skillet has this nice smooth level layer of it, what is oil that has been baked and cooked, and so that's what that's what your surface is. Um, so I had to scrub it a good bit with you're not supposed to use soap, but in this instance you can because you're trying to get off everything and then put a new layer down. Uh, yeah, but right. like day to day, you're not supposed to use much soap or any soap, uh, and you just use kind of a just water and like a scrubby 
brush. So anyway, trying to take better care of it now that I spent that whole Sunday seasoning it. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited about it. It worked really great, and I was I was pumped. I like that idea better than uh, you know a higher tech nonstick skillet. So I'm excited about that. Did you try uh, smoked paprika, Doug? Yet people are needing to know this, and people have lost <laughs> respect. I mean, we can't really take you seriously when you talk about dinners if you've never had smoked paprika. <laughs> it's not that I've never had it. I'm sure I've had plenty of it. We just never cook with it. Uh, but no, I haven't because I was, you know, I brought, a, I mentioned it to Katie and we were uh, talking about it. And I, uh, I want to, I want to, I want to find the perfect smoked paprika dish to cook, but you psyched me out and that I have to go get some new one because uh, sure enough, the stuff that is sitting in our pantry has been sitting there for a very long time. So, um, uh, I need to go get some fresh smoked paprika uh, and before I do any of that. So I not, have not done that yet because we haven't done a grocery run. All right. Well, we'll do that. And Dale Stevens, I think I think that's how you say her name, uh, says smoked paprika is a game changer. That is correct. And then what's hap- what will happen, Doug, is you'll start putting in everything and then you'll put too much. And then Katie will say, Doug, you got to stop using so much smoked paprika. <laughs> so, you'll, you know, the pendulum will swing. Uh, but I'm telling you, it's, it's what you have to do. Uh, anyway, people who are here, uh, which is a bunch today, which is great. Hey, look, perfect on crispy chickpeas, says my friend, Linda Lang, who's helped me out with several things in the past. Um, Yeah, that's a great idea. You could could put it right on your chana sog, and it would be delicious. Um, Anyway, let us know what dinners you had. I I really think this uh, could become a good platform for me to get recipe ideas. That's the main reason I would love people to tell us what you had for dinner last night. Uh, But other people could use those ideas as well. So I'd love to hear that stuff. Um, I do have a, a report on my breakfast this morning, Doug. Last week, oh, breakfast report. I like I it. Do you have it? Where's the like? Uh, where's the sound effect for your breakfast report? Oh my gosh, I didn't. I didn't even open my sound effect computer today. So this is, this oh is my related God. to the story you're... I'm ready to tell. Oh, I can do it quickly though, Doug. Uh, <laughs> last week we, we reported on some uh, study that said that people. No, it was the beginning of this week. What am I saying? Uh, that that if you get an, an hour less sleep per night, you make worse food choices. Well, I got about three hours less sleep last night than I should have because today was I volunteered to help with the early wake up for the bus, compressed the time that it takes to do the chores and the things in the morning. So now we, we've got an extra 15 minutes of sleep, and I think we can even get 10 more if we really rush. Uh, but anyway, again, had the same typical problems. Wake up at 3 a.m., and then knowing I have to get up at 6, I feel all this pressure to get back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Of course, that prevents me from getting to sleep. So I did uh, not sleep very well, but, you know, here I am. Uh and so for breakfast, just a good example of making bad food choices, I had a red velvet vegan cupcake uh, that we had <laughs> sitting on the counter. <laughs> Sorry. I, I never, ever eat this kind of food. Not even for dessert. I don't like this kind of food. Uh, but we made it for a friend's birthday, and Aaron last night, knowing that red velvet cake is like my favorite of cakes, if I'm going to have a cake, that's my favorite. Not often can you get it vegan, but but this is a vegan red velvet recipe. Uh, so anyway, we had. I said, sure, keep me one. I'll eat it for whatever. I did not expect that I would eat it as my very first food at 8 a.m., uh, <laughs> but I woke up, and I was I was hurting, and so I had that. So a perfect example that that, that happens to, uh, if we can call me the best of us, which I don't think we can, but it happens to all of us. Uh, the, the, the Poor sleep affects food choices. Yeah. Jackie had that uh, kind of night, too. Good good to hear. Uh, Love the commiseration. I, I had, uh, speaking of nights and sleep, uh, I wasn't sure if I would tell this because who knows what... Uh, uh, what worst speaking guy ever will think of this, but uh, guess what? Guess what dream I had last night? <laughs> uh oh. Based on our conversation from last. I I had a dream. Yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Based on our conversation yesterday, you got one guess. Uh, worst speaking guy yesterday was talking about some sort of cross contamination. Was it no about vegan pet food? I don't. I don't remember. What? What was it? 
Okay, all right. I, I had a dream last night that I was just going to town on a real cow steak, like real uh-huh. beef steak. Yeah, nice. And uh, and was just and and Katie said, uh, you know that's not vegan. I, I hate talking about dreams, so I'm sorry to do this. But yeah, she goes, you know that's not vegan. <laughs> and and I was like, I was like, yeah, I know, but I'm already eating it, so I'm just gonna finish it. So I just ate the whole rest of the steak. So, <laughs> there you go. I have, I've been I steak is on the mind after yesterday's conversation. I have those like fairly often. I would say once every two months or so, where you're just eating meat, and it's like, what am I doing? Like this is goes against everything. You know, it just it just happens. I bet a lot of people, other people have that dream as well. Would be my guess, but who knows? Um, yeah. Okay. So let's see, Doug. What uh, what else do we have? I thought I had one more thing to talk about before we jump into our articles today, but uh, I don't think I do. You have some reminders you're going to make, maybe. Uh, reminder. Is that, to is that coming the- later? later but i didn't know when you're when we finish this thing or when you f- sign off for this thing which will probably be before we finish based on historical evidence uh people <laughs> seem, to, seem to come and go uh you'll see a little thing that says that you can enable notifications or whatever so that you always hear when we go live uh so i probably you'll see it from nomi athlete official uh do that so that you can actually see this thing it's always at 11 a.m eastern every morning but uh or on weekdays at least but I think you don't always get the notifications. Maybe if you come to them enough, you will. But better, just enable those notifications. You'll be prompted. It's easy um, to do that. And then you'll, you'll always hear about this, and then we will have good reason to, to keep cranking these things out. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Doug, we've got, uh, some, we've got some, big, some big news here. Breaking story from our favorite organization. Worst vegan guy ever's uh, favorite organization, for sure. PETA. He founded demands- it, I think. <laughs> He's the founder of PETA. Uh, PETA demands men who eat meat be banned from sex to help reduce global meat consumption. Uh, interesting, provocative headline. This is uh, the German, the German wing of PETA, uh, who has done this. The German faction is what the article says. Um, they found that that men are responsible for forty-one percent more greenhouse gas emissions than women, predominantly due to their higher consumption of meat. Uh, article goes on to talk about, you know, we know them, the suburban, this is German people talking about German men. We all know the suburban farmer fathers with beer bottles and barbecue tongs sizzling 70 C, I guess that's cubic centiliters. I don't know. Uh, sausages on their, on their 700 euro grill, the courgette, which I think is a zucchini in English talk, British talk, uh, added by the visitor is eyed with suspicion and only reluctantly tolerated. That's kind of true. Even at my barbecue, someone puts a zucchini brings that I'm, I'm skeptically saying what are you what are you doing like this we want actual good food here that's not a good vegetable uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but your vendetta against against squash i know i i do uh, not like squash and it's just a glut of it every summer uh whatever anyway so yeah i mean the, what it's not just calling out meat eaters doug this is this is saying men are the the main problem uh and therefore you know the, the women should step up ban sex uh you know kind of a strike uh that's needed to save the planet so i don't i don't know i don't know what to think here doug are you i mean are are we the problem (laughs) we're not the problem we're (laughs) part of the solution uh i mean i think uh i mean this is ridiculous like i'll be honest i I read like the first three sentences of this because i just couldn't get over the headline it is ridiculous (laughs) and that's that's the point that's the thing i think that is worth discussing like what like what is Peter doing and is this is this stuff good for the movement these I mean, it doesn't make me any more enthusiastic about this. It doesn't make me say, well, mm-hmm. I'm so glad I'm not one of those men. I'm, I'm better. I'm on this side. And thank you, Peter, for pointing that out so that I can brag about that. I mean, it, it just, 
I don't know. It's I think this this just makes people not like not like vegans, honestly. Yeah, but I mean, I guess you know the idea is that the women would uh, refrain from sex in order to convince the man that that they would quit eating meat, and that you know, right? I don't think that I don't think that that is a good uh, a good solution to anything. <laughs> so. Another proposal I think was that men pay pay a forty one percent. Uh, tax on the meat that the women don't have to pay for. I, I don't know. I don't know if they pay it on meat or what, but I think men just pay a forty-one percent tax for existing because they're responsible for forty-one percent more greenhouse gases. So it's just. Uh, I mean, what do you do? I don't know. So let's let's move on. Just brought it up. I couldn't couldn't resist a pedo headline, and that's I honestly I think that's why they're doing it. Right? They they do this so that people cover it, so that then people talk about it, uh, and it gets attention, and it tells people that meat. It gives people another way of saying or knowing that meat eating animal agriculture is what's destroying the planet or a big part of what's destroying the planet uh that's good to get that message out there for sure but i i mean the ways to do it is is crazy <laughs> would, would we feel differently doug if this was entirely saying women were the problem would you and i be all on board like i don't know i was saying i, we I had that same thought it's two two <laughs> men here talking about how men are not the problem but um <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying we're not the problem i'm just saying it's an ex- it's crazy strategy um yeah. i mean surely right. i think i think it's, i think i agree that men eat a whole lot more meat than women do from what i can tell i mean, sure. I mean picture yeah. the i don't know although actually aaron does the barbecuing at my house more than i do not with meat but with beyond meat yeah all right jackie says pita is probably the main reason why vegans have a bad rap and i would uh i would say that is that is probably true i mean you know you got to give credit where credit's due pita has um brought a lot of attention to vegan diet and vegans over the years um but uh you know i think that that attention is maybe not always the best attention <laughs> yeah Although, and i mean know, that's is, is in all press bad press or is all is bad press wait what is it all press good press right whatever, whatever i mean so PETA, i think is the is the uh emblem kind of for what lots and lots of vegans including worst vegan guy ever not that everyone who does this is the worst vegan guy ever but a lot of a lot of vegans do things that, you know, create a bad rap for vegans, uh, and they do so in the name of this gets a whole lot of attention, right? Throwing blood on people or whatever as they walk out of a fur store, uh, you know, there's things that things that make people not like vegans. Uh, I don't I don't know if, if it's good. I don't know what amount of it is good. I don't know where the line is. I haven't thought about it enough. Uh, I used to think that it's really it is important that everyone sort of has their own way of spreading the message. Ours is this different one, uh, but a lot of people's that's it, right? Be the activist, be one who get, gets attention, make a scene in the restaurant if they don't properly do you know your your demands, uh, and it's a way of having a conversation about it. It's just I don't know, it's not uh, not my preferred one, and I don't I don't know if it's good or not. I, I honestly don't anymore. I, I used to think it was. You know, now I don't know. So I, the same thing could be said about you know, certain uh, types of climate activism or, uh, you know, just slicing, in general. slicing beyond meat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thing, exactly. Right? Right. Like, I mean, slicing that kind of, sort of activism ruining for some cause, ruin, you know, and, you know, I think that, I think that there's, or I know, or in my opinion, I don't know. It, my opinion is that there is a place for that type of activism and that it's, it's good at driving certain conversation and kind of making people uncomfortable in, in a way that is, is good in, in the long run. And so, you know, I think, I think that um, I am glad that PETA exists and I'm glad that that sort of activism exists, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I'm going to be doing any of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm always surprised when I see, like, Paul McCartney, for example, do PETA stuff 
it's like they have this there's this mm-hmm. thing with celebrities they, they get like legitimate celebrities who are trusted and not you know as far as i know paul mccartney doesn't doesn't partake in this kind of spreading the message like in this crazy ways but they they get those people and they obviously they pay them uh or at least i assume they do uh and i i don't mind that side of peter like that's i like that it's, that seems good but it's just i don't know this kind of stuff that that they do is i, I don't know just not a big fan yeah Jackie says we could heavily tax meat, and then all genders uh, right. would partake. Right. It would be affected, but you know we don't even have to tax it. We just have to quit subsidizing it, right? And then, <laughs> right. And then, right. then, then this, then it's solved. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the tax is good. Yesterday I said something, and I was thinking about it more. I had said that I don't think it should be illegal. We're talking about like vegan meat versus regular meat at restaurants, and I don't think yeah. it should be illegal for people to consume animals. And then I started thinking about it more. I was like, well, it's illegal for people to kill other people. And if you, not that animals are the same as people by any means, uh, and this is this is a philosophical discussion more than maybe we need to get into. But I was just thinking about it. I was like, you know, I don't think it should be illegal, but I do think there should be like big incentives against it when when yeah, you know, when it causes. First of all, uh, doesn't even need ethics, just a, a problems with the environment. Like then we need then we need those sort of I think those kind of taxes. Uh, yeah, I mean, similar to cigarettes and you know gas and all that stuff. You know, anytime you want to try to make a movement or move people to reduce it just tax it and that automatically reduces the consumption right. of it and that's and that is one you know certainly there's a philosophy of government that would say we should not not do that kind of stuff but uh but yeah i'm i'm kind of with you I'm, I'm okay all for that philosophy I know, I know you are so. <laughs> and i'm and i try to remain neutral i think sometimes that's the right thing when there are externalities at play but other times i don't i don't like yeah. it but anyway uh moving on to something somewhat more positive i think um that's, there's a new TV show. We talked about TV shows a little bit. I think it was a couple days ago. Uh, honestly, these these shows all blend together now. I don't know what was three weeks ago. And what it was we top, top Chef was doing a, a vegan challenge or something like that. Yeah, with, um, featuring Violet. Partnering with, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, The Beat reports that now uh, the premiere of Peeled, P-E-E-L-E-D, uh, America's first all-vegan cooking competition, that is uh, comes out on Saturday, this Saturday, September 24th. Uh, it's on Unchained TV's new streaming service. Doug, are you uh, are you an Unchained TV Plus member? <laughs> I I never even heard of it. So <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I've heard of Unchained TV. I had no idea whatever it is is it was a platform big enough to have a streaming service. Uh, but I I just feel like I thought it's just like a show production company that makes YouTube shows. I could be wrong. Um, anyway, it's a cooking show. They have they're doing like like five star or not five star three star Michelin level cooking. Uh, so it's I think it's mm-hmm. not going to be as much as uh, I don't know what the word is for this cooking that we've seen so far that's vegan cooking you know food truck type stuff and and tailgate cookouts on top chef I saw this is more like fancy food I think um so I don't know I mean I'm kind of I think it's cool I I'd, I'd watch a vegan cooking show that was all vegan I think I'd be more likely to enjoy that than I would uh one that has a bunch of food that I'm just never gonna have uh so yeah. I don't know I don't, maybe I'll check out Unchained TV and I can report on the show I don't know but uh if you're interested in it, maybe they have a free trial. Head over to UnchainedTV.tv or who knows what. <laughs> not sponsored. Uh, yeah, not sponsored. Yep. All right, Doug, to our, uh, to our more impactful substantive article today. Um, <coughs> it's an opinion piece. It's not, not news, but it's an opinion. It's in the Washington Post. Uh, the hype over plant-based foods overlooks a key ingredient, plants. And as I said at the top of this show, we... Uh, we talk a lot about the, the plant meats. We we sort of glorify them. We they're a lot of fun. The, all the news that comes out is about plant based meats, so there's lots to talk about there. Same with the cheeses, high tech stuff. It's getting more and more choices, which is exciting and cool. Um, 
for the most part, it's not more healthy and it's probably less healthy than the stuff we were eating before. And that's kind of this article's point. Um, it's by Eve Turo Paul, who's an author. Uh, she's actually published by Ben Bella Books, which is a nice, nice small publisher. They do a lot of vegan stuff. And Sophie Egan. Um, and their point here is that is that what's missing here is the good old like eat lots of fresh fresh vegetables, fruits, vegetables, how much fun that can be, how interesting it is, uh, how healthy it is for you when your plate is filled with all kinds of colorful vegetables that aren't soy, corn, and whatever the other one, pea proteins. Um, you know, there's, I don't know, it's, it's this thing that, honestly, I feel like we kind of already did that. It was called, it was called the whole past 20 years, uh, where everyone was getting into vegan food in this way. And everyone, I mean, everyone who I knew from the blogosphere, obviously, because very select group wasn't like people I knew in real life, but, but everyone went on this journey and we posted about our farmer's market trips and we posted our kale, whatever salads and our green monster smoothies and all that stuff. And the quinoa things and the amaranth and we did all that. Um, and all to me, weird, that played a, that, weird foods, what's that? Yeah. All yes, the weird, weird foods that were exciting. Weird, interesting about. vegetables that was like an effort to go get and eat. And it was kind of good, but the preparation was involved. And it just, I don't know, not, not a great experience, but a fun one. I enjoyed that journey. And I think the people on the internet doing that journey laid the groundwork. I mean, not to take all the credit, because certainly there was plenty of vegan groundwork laid before that in the, in the 90s and, and before that. But like... I feel like this this on the internet at the time it happened with the blogging when blogging was the thing, uh, it it got it got things going and it and that's we're now we're where we are now because that happened. Uh, but the the authors of this article are saying like that's what we should be doing, continuing to do or going back to. Uh, they don't really they don't really acknowledge that it happened before, so I'm wondering a little bit are they are they kind of new to this and they don't really realize that that's that was what people did. Um, that's probably unfair. I don't. I haven't done any research on the authors, and one of them is a published author, like I said. So she's probably probably done her homework on this. Uh, but I don't know. I just I just find it interesting. It just seems like such an idealistic thing. Like let's go back to that. But to me, it's like that's like we're seeing this massive boom, and they talk about the the point at which like all the plant based search terms started happening was 2016 when Beyond Meat and Impossible Meats with all this investment behind them when they started putting all these marketing dollars into stuff, that that made this huge boom happen, but that this boom, this boom is kind of, uh, you know, missing the mark. It just seems to me like like that's what allowed us to get to this new level, all that stuff. And this, the plant thing, like, I don't think people are, are ever going to be ready for that. It's just not going to change people's way of eating. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think they make a good point. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate they weren't loyal readers of Nomad Athlete and didn't see that other people were talking about <laughs> plants, plants right. before 2016. Um, you know, but they, they do make it, I think they make a good point that like what the plant-based movement is going towards with all of these uh, fake meats is, is the exact opposite of the plants, right? You're highlighting beef tips, you're highlighting burgers, you're highlighting chicken and fish and tuna yep. and all this stuff. And, and you're not, you're never actually highlighting the plant, right? So it might be made from peas or made from soy, but, uh, you're never emphasizing the plant. Whereas, you know, I think that before, uh, and this is maybe a reason why it never caught on and never got the esteem or, right, exactly. you know, got so much attention was that a, a vegan burger was like a black bean burger and you could see chunks of carrot and you could see quinoa and beans in there and you could see all this stuff. And um, and the the plant was very much forward and front and center in the in the thing, and so 
now this this big plant-based movement is is really moving away from plants in that it's just going it's replacing you know, you're trying to replace meat or dairy or whatever and uh, you know i i get the point i i certainly get the point i think that that that's the the whole reason why it's working though that the whole reason why people are talking about it is because it's uh is because it's not carrots right and it's not kale and um and so you know the balance will be is like how we can convert people <laughs> or encourage people to eat more plant-based foods and then also have them get excited about uh, you know, a bean dish or, or, or a, a, you know, some sort of other forward plant forward side dish or something like that, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, like you, I, I am not in disagreement that it would be better if the excitement was all about plants and how, how great it felt to eat these healthy whole plant foods. Uh, that would be great. And that's, uh, we've talked before about, I think, I think we're headed for a dangerous place with all these fake meats, right? This idea that one day it's going to, the studies will be done and it'll turn out that vegan diets aren't actually that healthy because they're all based on this stuff. And then everyone says, okay, we've been lied to vegan diets aren't healthy. Uh, so let's go back to eating meat, right? That's, that's going to happen at some point in, in some, to some extent, hopefully not a big one. Uh, but I think, I think that will happen. So like, yes, it'd be better if people were eating and calling vegan diets, you know, this stuff instead of, instead of the plant-based fake meat. Um, but I just think it's like you said, like that's not how we reach people. So let me, let me read one paragraph from this article that illustrates this. Well, they said a, a broader public embrace of plant-based eating could positively impact human planetary health. Uh, while opening up a world of culinary experiences from barbecue, jackfruit sliders to baobab smoothies to adobo enoki mushrooms, crackers and chips wouldn't feature just the usual wheat and corn, but phonio, amaranth, millet, flax, so this is this happened by the way in 2013 14. I mean this is this is what happened. This is what the experience was going to the vegan aisle of the grocery store. Uh, imagine localized bean chilies at tailgates. So this one gets me, Doug. Can you imagine a bunch of drunk dudes, these guys who are the problem meat eaters we talked about before, standing around at a tailgate? Not that it's only dudes at tailgates, but that's what I picture. Uh, talking about these heirloom beans in the chili instead of the the supermarket standard black turtle bean. I mean. What, they don't care. They 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 want the yeah. the thing that tastes like a burger and looks like a burger, and that's yeah. how you're gonna reach these people and say, "Hey, this vegan diet isn't so bad after all," because some people will right. say that every weekend at tailgates when they have those things. I yeah, mean, I mean totally. It's I mean just that's idealistic. Like, yeah, I I agree. It's not realistic. It's not. Uh, it's you know it it misses the mark. I think in a lot of ways. But I mean, you, I mean people aren't right now standing around talking about artisan meat or you know artisan i don't know vegetables right. from the from from the farmers market like when you're at a tailgate you want junk food right like you want right cheap food you want to pound some beers and and eat some chili and some hot dogs and and that's it you know and and uh and so i mean you got to got to know your market <laughs> i guess yeah so there, there's some there's some good in this article and i will point that out in just a second uh i do want to read a couple of comments though the whole health experience says for the younger people getting into vegan lifestyle they need the actual vegetable based message repeated that's fair uh and that's kind of what i'll actually jump to this point now and we'll come back to audience stuff but i think the best thing about this article to me is the authors i don't know if they coined this phrase in this context or if it's been done before but it says you may have seen similar products and here they're talking about uh, a certain I guess my forest foods, my bacon product, which was made with, they're saying this is not much ingredients and it's not mushroom mycelium and just five other ingredients, beet juice, coconut oil, salt, sugar, and spices. I mean, that's still a lot of junk food, right? You have oil, salt, and sugar in there, which are the three addictive things 
everyone puts in their foods to make them junk food, basically. Um, so this is this is not my idea of a health food, but okay, it's it's somewhat better perhaps than all these other fillers and preservatives or whatever that's in that's in a lot of these fake meats. So they say you may have seen similar products, a new genre of third wave clean label plant based foods uh, with ingredients you might actually have in your own pantry. So they were saying if Boca Burger embodies the first wave of plant based products and Impossible the second. Then you can count companies like Crafty Counter, Live Green Co., and Aqua, who I don't know these, but you can count these sort of new foods. And we talked about these yesterday, the fermented steak product, right? That yeah. was just the proteins. Right. They ferment it, and they keep all these other junk ingredients out of there. That that's this third wave. And I was thinking about this. So is it possible that one day, if Beyond Burger can solve their problems, and we, we know they're, they're kind of in financial troubles themselves, but like if they get in the clear and they can start doing this, is it possible that people are going to have this appetite for these still kind of the fake meats, but healthier versions, and maybe they start working greens into the patties or they black beans into the patties, and it just sort of seems like not no longer is the goal make an exact replica of meat, but like make something that seems like it's kind of a health food meat product. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard to imagine. I mean, again, that's what we've had. That's what we've had for years. Like that that has been the the solution, right? And right. Maybe we but can it make could be better, better and tastier. Taste better. That's what. It yeah. Could. I mean, and maybe, and and that's that's great. You know, like, and I would, I you know, if I saw. You know, right now, Rosetta's burgers, it's a Nashville-based thing, but you can get them at the freezer aisle at Ingalls. I love those burgers. They they hold together really well. They're beefy. They're, uh, but they're all black beans, or they're all beans and quinoa. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they are. But, you know, but it's, it's whole foods or, or real foods and not, um, not pea extract and stuff like that. Not intended to look or taste like a real meat burger. And, um, and they're delicious. And I will oftentimes choose those over a Beyond Patty or something like that. Because they're healthier for me and they are just as satisfying. So, you know, I definitely think that there is a space for better black bean burgers. But that is not going to get the, like, Burger King is not going to have a black bean waffer. I just don't, I don't believe that's, that's the case. Right. So here's, if I may make a, a final thought, and I do want to read audience things. And I know final thoughts usually your job, Doug. But here's what I think should happen. I hope this happens. Let's keep going with the trend we're doing. Let's not try to work spinach kale greens into the beyond burgers just yet or tell people they're wrong for eating stuff let's let this thing play out let's keep having taco bell carne asada steak and all this stuff and reach as many people as we possibly can and then let's go do what we did in 2010 through 2015 again where everyone's all excited about plant foods actual good healthy plant foods and how good they feel even though they're making some extra effort to make this stuff and in which in that time that's when we were introducing the the younger people getting into the vegan lifestyle and also the people who are who are older but just ignored vegan until beyond burgers came along and maybe that has sort of proved their gateway thing like i think we need a second a second wave of that kind of the health food vegan whole food move like that can come again but i don't think we should be saying like what's happening right now is wrong and we're going down a bad road i think i still think we're going down a really good road uh it's just that it, we do need this evolution to eventually happen at some point how do we, how do we, speaking of young people, you know, thinking of a college kid or something like that who maybe goes off to college, uh, decides to go vegan because, you know, you're, you're young and you're free and you're at college and why not go vegan? Mm-hmm. And, hate your parents. Um, hate your parents, right. You know, but the, but the cafeteria is mostly serving like vegan junk food and french fries and things like that and that they're delicious and salty and, uh, you know, like how do you, how do you get those people to, um, to think about hummus and think about, you know, salads, (laughs) you know, like all the stuff that like people, freshmen in college just don't typically want to eat in general because they have access to all this other food. But, um, you know, but especially like 
you know, if you were vegan before, like you kind of were forced to eat some of that stuff because it was the only option. And now right. it's not the only option. Like, how do you, how do you get them to think about it? Or do you not? Well, I mean, certainly there's plenty of junk food at college, you know, dining halls and all that. But like, I started getting into healthy eating when I was in college. I think I was a sophomore and I started finally caring about fitness and like you have access to a gym. So you sort of are for the first time really in control of your own health. Not that you couldn't be before, but like when your parents are making most of your food decisions and you don't live near the gym and maybe can't drive there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It felt like freedom and I was excited to like do that. And so I actually, that's when I stopped drinking soda. I did a six month, like no soda challenge for new year's. Uh, and it, it was like the beginning of me just being healthy. So I think people want to be healthy when they're when they're in college. A lot of people, um, you know, there's the freshman 15 or whatever, and people get unhealthy and then they hopefully get healthy again. Um, so I think I think people can figure that out, and I think they can understand what healthy food is versus whole food. The thing is though, like these Beyond Burgers, like they're not necessarily unhealthy in that way, right? They're not going to make you fat necessarily, uh, and and if, you know they kind of fit a paleo mold really, which is what they're modeled after. Uh, they're protein and fat and like it can work for a for a a bulk up diet or a, even a slim down diet um it's just not really that good for the long term but yeah. uh so yeah i don't know i mean certainly there are gonna be those those renegades who you know become healthy eaters in college and you know swear by the the whole plants and all that but that's hard that's really hard in college to get get access to those things i mean you have to you have to be an independent thinker and have access to a grocery store and a kitchen and all that stuff uh but i think there are better options now than there used to be yeah just my sense yeah. Fair All right, enough. Jerry right, Berry, quite go through prepared. a couple of comments. Yeah. Yes, Jerry Berry says, uh, "How much avocado? How can you not get excited?" I mean, that's that's how I felt ten years ago. It was super exciting to be on this path for the first time, and I, I I hope that does happen again. I just think what I learned kind of from that is like not everyone cares about that, and that doesn't sound very good to most people at all, uh, unless they have mm-hmm. some other motivation to to begin this. Uh, so I don't know. And then Jerry also says, uh, "I like Dr. Greger's Daily Dozen as a personal guide to eating." Yes, so do I. I think it's a good one. Uh, you can get the app even and check them off as you go. Whole Health Experience says they need the balanced message of the actual vegetables for the health. Processed foods are sometimes foods. Yes, that is exactly right to me. That is, uh, that's where these things fit in. This article, I think, rightly said like a lot of the new plant-based eaters that are coming about, uh, they think this is what plant-based is. They don't even realize there is this thing, so they think you just always eat these fake meats. Uh, and that's kind of a shame. I think that is certainly missing the point. By the way, the article, I don't know if the authors are, are vegan. I'm guessing they are. Um, but it's interesting that the Washington Post article, like they, they acknowledge that plant-based is now mainstream. And if you're like most people, when you hear plant-based, you probably picture something that looks like a traditional hamburger, but made with plant proteins. Like that tells me we came a really, we've come a long way that like if plant-based now means that instead of weird vegan stuff, uh, which is what it used to mean to people, I I think it's a good, I think we're making progress and they're kind of arguing that's not progress, but I, I don't know. I think it is. And I just think it's, it's, it's this. It's the second wave, like you said, and we, we need this third wave eventually, but I don't think we need it yet. Uh, let's see. What else? Anything else here? Whole Health Experience says college kids need to be offered the single packs of hummus, avocado, cauliflower, freezer meals, maybe less processed. Yeah, possible. I mean, I think we, we've said that, that what's one of the cool things happening with all the technology and, and more of the increased demand for plant-based options is that it's not just like new burgers and new steak and all this stuff. Like they're making now frozen pizzas that, that are plant-based and have vegan cheese on them and you can get some that have no cheese on them if you want which is which is great um cauliflower crust some of that stuff. i mean you know all that so i think i think these convenience type foods that are still happen to be healthy maybe not the healthiest possible choice but pretty healthy um that's happening and then that's that's definitely a great thing linda says healthier it's exciting than, to uh, see 
What what are those frozen meals like? A uh, hungry man meals. <laughs> hungry man. Remember those? Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember hungry man. <laughs> uh, all right. Linda says it's Literally exciting ridiculous. to see Beyond Meat offered as an option. That's progress. Yes, Matt, we've come a long way. Yeah, I think we have. Linda was back. Uh, the, what I'm talking about from the the golden age, which, which is not really what it was, but uh, she was she was back there blogging when I was when I was doing that too. So she knows. All right, Doug. Thirty six minutes. That's about where we like to wrap up. I did your final yep. thought already. Uh, hey, reminder one more time. I do have, oh, one more segment, bonus segment, which I'm going to hop in here really oh, quickly. Oh, yeah, bonus segment. This. I'm going to try to do this every every uh, show. Introduce one new plant-based food that is hitting the shelves. Sometimes they'll be the junk foods, but this one isn't so junky. First, though, don't forget, when, when you sign off of this thing, um, hit the notification enable button or whatever that tells Instagram to tell you again when we go live, because uh, that apparently won't happen automatically. Uh, all right, and the... the uh, Last bit oh, is man. Gotham Greens. You know Gotham Greens, Doug? Gotham Greens. No, I don't think so. Yep, sorry. Should I? Uh, they are in Whole Foods, and they make a pesto. They make You can get like the non-vegan one, and you can get the vegan one. But they make vegan pesto, and <coughs> it's like... Bless you, Doug. It's like our go-to hummus... Or not hummus. Uh, pesto. If we're not going to make it fresh, which you obviously can't always do, um, it's a really good one. Sometimes we get the Trader Joe's, who makes like a kale one, I think. They may even make a basil one, too. But Gotham Greens does a really nice job with it. Uh, they're in Whole Foods, and they now have four new dips coming out, which I'm really excited about. Green Goddess, Spinach Artichoke, Tzatziki, and Green Harissa. And they're all vegan dips. Um, I should have confirmed that they're all vegan dips. I sort of assume they are, but yeah, let's say plant-based, which I'm assuming means vegan in this place, in this case. Uh, but they'll yep. be in Whole Foods, and they'll be in one other store, which I uh, can't find the name of it right now, so sorry about that. Uh, oh, Fresh Direct, whatever that is. But uh, beginning this month, September 2022. So look for those. Uh, they're, they're really good and uh, highly recommend them. So anyway, we've got a bunch of new awesome. vegan That's foods great. articles that pile up, and I, we don't know when to share them. But uh, we'll try to hit one at the end of each show just to give you one new thing to look for in the supermarket uh, when you go. So anything else, Doug? Any any final, final thought from Doug Hay? Or is that, uh, did we do a good job? No, I just, uh, thanks, thanks, Dale Stevens, for uh, for the bless blessing. Very nice. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming, everyone. Uh, And we'll talk to you tomorrow before the weekend. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.